I would say most people are neutral against racism. So if I think of a bell curve with, um, so when I do my anti-racism workshops, I want first, I want people to understand that it's systemic, it's structural. And so that most people are not overtly racist and most people are not anti-racist. Welcome to the Father State. I am Jesse Lee Peterson. Thank you so much for being with me. The Father State is on Subscribe Star. Click the link in the video description to support our show. Thank you so much, folks, in advance. I do appreciate it. I have with me Dr. Natalie Edmund. She is a licensed clinical psychologist and anti or anti-racism consultant. Um, Dr. Edmund, thanks for coming on. I appreciate it. Thank you. I appreciate the invitation. Yes. Very, very interesting person. You are, I want to talk to you about multiculturalism and intersectional feminism. Mm -hmm. Um, And you've been trained in that. You have a background in that. What is that exactly? Yeah. um, So those are I think about it in the psychology world, and then I think about it in the general world. So in the psychology world, it's really saying that a lot of therapy models were created for Eurocentric culture, so particularly your white-centered um, norms. And so multicultural says that we are expanding beyond um, European culture to a lot of different cultures around the world, and that we need to... Um, take into consideration that people may have different values, different beliefs, different ways of being in the world, and that might make them uh, cope in different ways and process information in different ways. And then uh, intersectional feminism, uh, I mean, it started with feminism, which is also really uh, white, female, um, uh, cis-centered. And then the idea of intersectional feminism is that, for example, as a black woman, I'm not only black, but I'm also a woman, and that I, it's hard for me to separate those two identities. And so intersectional says um, we're going to look at multiple identities and how they impact how a person um, moves around in the world. So are you an a, uh, intersectional feminist? Yes, I would say so. And yeah, so we, we just, uh, just, and what you mean by that is that you're black and you're woman, and mm-hmm. that's what it means to be intersectional feminist? Uh, actually, so feminism would say that we're we're working towards everybody having more choices. So it's not only that women have more choices, but that all beings, uh, whether you're female, male, non-binary, um, that you have different choices. And so, and so it's it's not just about gender; it's also about race and right. okay. and a lot of other identities. Yeah. In in the in the United States of America and. Uh, White white should set the standard since they found it in the country, right? Correct. And so everyone should follow the norm of the white people. Is that right? Correct. Okay. Yeah. So it's not abnormal to follow the white standard. No, it's pretty common. It's actually uh, countercultural to not follow the white standard. Um, hence, part of some of the anti-racism stuff and some of the feminism stuff. So. 
I think when we think about white, white standard is just thinking about who white people have been the majority for, for a long time. And right. they've had the power for the long time. So they've shaped schools, um, legal system, media, clothing, um, all of that stuff. So that's what we mean by white centered is just more like, you know, if I'm going to design something, I'm going to design it around how I think and what, what is appealing to me and what I've learned. And so it makes sense if for the colonizers, they would design things around them. Is, um, is that a good thing to have a white standard? Is the white standard a good thing or a bad thing? Uh, I don't know if it's good or bad. I think that it's limiting. Um, because the white standard, very few people can live up to it. So when I say white standard, I mean uh, whiteness in terms of uh, white uh, cis. And when I say cis, meaning like the sex that you're assigned at birth is uh, matches your gender. So white cis male, um, heterosexual, Christian, able-bodied, neurotypical, like that's uh, wealthy, educated. That's a, that's the the white standard. Right. And so very few people can actually live up to that. And it actually makes um, creates like poor mental health and well-being to try to strive for that when that that's not who you are. What made or uh, who made was it God who made white people smarter than the rest of the folks on earth? Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't know how many people actually believe that. Uh, but uh, I mean, I think. <laughs> I think that because you people, said that it's so hard for others to live up to that high standard of white people. And so I want to know that God made white people better where everybody else is trying to live up to their standards. I mean, I guess I believe that a higher power made us all equal. And I think that uh, particular European people had money and power to be able to create a story that said that they were better. Did they right, get that money from God? Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't believe in a God that gives people money, right? So um, <laughs> I, th- I think, I, I think uh, that people, um, I, I can't even, I can't even go through a long history of like how did the, how did these European countries get power? How did they become colonizers over all of these brown and black countries? I mean, I think that's the story of colonization is how did these European countries take power over India and different countries in Africa and in the Caribbean and South America? So what happened in these European countries hundreds and hundreds of years ago that made them, instead of collaborate with these black and brown countries, um, make them take power over these countries? You've done a lot of study on these things, and it's a fascinating to you to try to figure out how white people became smarter than the rest of the world or anybody else in the world. Is that fascinating to study that and to try to come up to that standard? I think it's fascinating that white people created a story that they were smarter. I don't actually think that they are. I think that they created a story that they were oh, smarter. So you don't, believe the, you don't believe the story? No, and I think that we are oh. missing out. I think we are missing out on all the other geniuses and all the other talents and abilities by continuing with that narrative. You talk a lot about people have trauma, racial trauma. Were you racially traumatized? Um, 
you know, it's interesting. So when we think about trauma, right, trauma is anything that overwhelms uh, the nervous system, the body, our mind, our spirit. It's often frightening. So I think that there are different kinds of trauma. And I think that there are little traumas and I think there are big traumas. So, yes, I think I've experienced the little traumas of racism. But I also think because um, my parents immigrated here from Haiti, I think I had a, I had a different lived experience. I think because I've, I'm of middle class, I have a different experience. There are some ways that I'm protected. I'm able-bodied. Um, so I'm neurotypical. So I think I have been lucky that I, my impact of racism has been minimal because of the, the place I was born and the family I was born into and luck. Right. Um, but I think a lot of people are not that lucky and experience significant trauma that's not acknowledged and it's racialized. Give me an example how you were racially traumatized a little bit. What are your little racial traumas? Yeah, uh, I hate, uh, I don't even know if I would say, so I would say microaggressions, right? Those are the little, little traumas. So I remember being a kid and, you know, typical like gender norms of um, wanting dolls. And I remember going to Toys R Us back when we went to Toys R Us to get toys and we went to the doll aisle and all of the dolls were white. All of the dolls were white and there was not a single doll that looked like my skin tone. And while I would say that's not a big trauma, but that's a little invalidation, right? It's a little way of saying, uh, we don't feel that we need uh, brown dolls. Um, so I think those are the little ways, subtle ways, right? Watching lots of shows and seeing either very few black characters or seeing them in very stereotype ways. But why would, you call, why would you call that a trauma if as a little kid you saw it on TV, it was pretty, they had good hair, and you just, you just, as a kid, you were attracted to what you had seen on TV. Why is that a trauma? Um, I'm not sure I understand. You mean like if I see white dolls? Or right. When you were people? a kid and you see white dolls and I you had seen them on TV or sure. somewhere else, why sure. is that a trauma? So uh, one of the definitions of trauma is neglect, right? And the absence of some, of a positive experience. So these microaggressions that I talked about is the neglect or the absence of representation, right? And so this idea, that's why I said it's like a little microaggression and that absence. Um, because what it internalizes for me is a little bit of anti-blackness, right? A little bit of, oh, like brown people aren't as attractive. Um, they're not as beautiful. Maybe I should straighten my hair instead of keeping my hair nappy. Uh, maybe I should um, like not want to go in the sun and have my skin get darker, right? Like these are the internalized European beauty standards that lots of people internalize because when they do not get messages or have representation that shows that they are beautiful, that they are valued. And do people know, do the blacks know that they're traumatized? If someone else didn't tell them, as a kid, for example, you grow up and you have white friends, you see white dolls and you see white stuff and you're just naturally attracted to it. 
and you don't see it, do you see it as a kid being traumatized, or are you just growing into life and the environment that is around you? Uh, I think uh, I think it could go either way. I think that some kids um, have a sense that something is off, but they can't put words to it. I think other I think some ways that people cope is that's just the way that it is, right? That we don't expect more than that. And I mean, a lot of people that I work with, they just kind of think that's just the way that it is, right? And then as we think about those little microaggressions over time can become, they can accumulate. It's like um, people say microaggressions are like death by a thousand little cuts or like a lot of mosquito bites. And then sometimes they go into therapy or they go into a workshop and they start to say like, oh, yeah, that happened to me. I didn't, I just thought that's just the way that it was. I didn't think, I don't, I didn't think of it as a trauma. And I think we don't talk enough about the wide range of trauma and how it impacts people physically, emotionally, their mental health. So I think a lot of people don't have the vocabulary of trauma because we think of trauma as a gunshot, uh, like people being killed, uh, raped. We think of the big traumas and we ignore all the little traumas that are happening that are also impacting people's psychological well-being. Which do you prefer personally, nappy hair or nappy hair or good hair? Um, well, I guess I don't buy into the good hair because part of the, part of the good hair, right. Is that, is that, is that, that's the white standard, right? Right. That's saying it's closer to whiteness. So, um, so my daughter who's, who's black biracial, she would be considered to have good hair. Right. Um, but I just say that it's, it's curly, right. Because I don't want her to internalize that there's good hair and bad hair. Right. right. Um, maybe, maybe if we just talk about level of nappiness that feels less judgmental than good hair, right? But how many people, black people, do we hear talk about good hair? Right. right? Like that's part of what gets internal. That's what, that's a great example of the connection with the doll, right? It's like that good hair. And so you prefer the nappy hair or the good hair? I mean, I have locks, so I prefer my hair (laughs) in its natural state. (laughs) I, I noticed that. Black women who wear who comb their hair and straighten their hair and have pretty long black hair, they have good hair and that hair look better on a woman than the nappy hair. Really? So that's your personal preference. But that's most men personal preference. Oh yeah? Yeah. Hmm. Have you noticed yeah. that? I I mean I haven't, but I'm really a go natural kind of person. <laughs> uh you you say you have a daughter who is biracial? Yeah. And her her father is what? White. So you sleeping with a white man? Yeah, I'm in love with a white man. Are you married yeah. to him? Yeah. So you were traumatized and you married the trauma? Well, I don't consider myself traumatized. Oh, you I weren't traumatized I, with the whiteness? I think I experienced microaggressions, but I feel, like I said, that I've been fairly protected oh. because, I, because I'm one of those model minorities. And so how does, how do the blacks feel about you being married to a white man when you talk about racism so much? Um, I guess, I don't know. I mean, it doesn't really come up because I'm, I'm, when I introduce myself, I, I talk about all my identities right. as just naming it, right? Like, I don't think it really matters. Um, I think it mattered when I was younger, but at this age, I don't really think it matters. There's so many multiracial couples. 
Right. I don't really see it. And so knowing but, but also that, most of the people who come to my workshops and do consulting with me, they're white people. Oh, okay. Because because black people have a they have a different work to do in anti-racism than white people do. And so now that being married to a white man and you work so hard against racism, quote unquote, do your husband have to lock the door with you on the other side of the room or does he sleep in the same room with you? I mean, I, I have to say he's pretty supportive of the work. So, I mean, I, I'm also, I take a lot of, um, like, anti-racism to me is about love, right? Oh. So it, it's about love, not shaming people. It's about, like, let's understand the truth of how we got here. Let's figure out how we all get free. Amazing. Um, you are, As you mentioned, you are an anti-racism consultant. Um, can you define racism for me? Uh, I think racism is um, discrimination and bias towards uh, particular racial groups. And those behaviors happen at an individual level, uh, institutional or systemic level, and at a cultural level, where one race is deemed as superior to another. And um, what is anti-racism or anti-racism? You talk uh, about that, too. Uh, sure, because often people, when we have conversations about racism, people often say, I'm not racist, as if there's a binary, either you're racist or you're not racist. So right. anti-racism says that uh, to because so many existing structures were created out of racism and white body supremacy, that um, to be we need to be anti-racist, meaning deliberately disrupting the existing structures that prioritize the needs of white bodies and that the norms are based on white bodies. That you, to be passive is not going to um, disrupt any of the systems. Do you know anyone in America who is pro-racism? Uh, do I know them personally? Yeah. No, because I, have you ever I don't met, think... Have you ever met anyone who is pro-racism? Yeah, absolutely. And who 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 in America is in favor of racism today? I would say most people are neutral against racism. So if I think of a bell curve with um, so when I do my anti-racism workshops, I want first I want people to understand that racism isn't um, what we what we learned as a kid, right? Individual people being really mean and harmful to other people, that it's systemic, it's structural. And so that most people are not overtly racist and most people are not anti-racist. Most people are in that neutral in the middle. Either they've lived predominantly around people who look like them and so don't have meaningful relationships with uh, people who are not looking like them. So if you're white, you haven't had a lot of meaningful relationships with people of color. Or you're not racist, meaning um, maybe you live in more racially integrated neighborhoods but you still have a lot of the mentality and support policies that by default um, harm black and brown lives more. Than That's black. amazing. So in your, in your studies and going to school and your work, have you ever met anyone who said, yes, doctor, I am racist and I'm proud of it and praise the Lord? Um, they won't say that directly because they wouldn't be coming to my workshop. Why not? So those people comment on my YouTube videos. Those people comment on my blogs. Those people comment on my social media posts, right? That they call what I'm saying racist 
because I'm naming white body supremacy. I'm naming the structures that continue to harm black and brown bodies. Amazing. So your husband, is he racist? Uh, he is uh, works regularly to be anti-racist. But right when now he, he is racist. He, I think, I mean, if we're going to simplify it, then all of us have internalized some of that. So right. he would have he would have totally said at one point, I have racism within me. So your husband is racist. Well, all of us, I could say you are, I could say I am. I mean, if we're going to go with a very simplistic, then all of us. Right. Because we, if we've spent some time in the United States, we've internalized bias about different groups. And so, uh, you know, I'm a little black and slow here, so I'm sorry. Um, are you saying your husband, your white husband is racist? I'm saying that everyone has that in them because they've been indoctrinated into the United States. But how about your husband? Yeah, I said that, that he has internalized that. Does that make you nervous to be sleeping with a racist? Well, in theory, I could be nervous moving around in the world because I'm just saying that everyone has that in them. Why didn't you marry a black man who is not racist? I think there are black men who are racist. But why didn't you find one that's not so you feel safe at home? But I do feel safe at home. Oh, you do? How do you feel safe sleeping with a white racist? So I, I really can't get on board with simplifying this stuff. Oh, I so, see. Yeah, it's too, like, I feel like this is what gets in the way of us having meaningful conversations across difference is we try to make people so simple when I don't think people are so simple. Maybe it's the psychologist in me is I think that people are so complicated. Oh, okay. You yeah. prefer complication over simplicity? I think simplicity harms because I think that, you know, so if I say my husband is a racist in a, in a society that really says racist, bad, not racist, good, then that targets him in a way that's not nuanced. Right. When I'm saying that we all have been breathing air in a racist society that systemically is racist. So I could say I'm racist, you're racist, but if that's not the vocabulary we're using and that's taking out of context, then that really doesn't do justice to how complicated and nuanced this is. Amazing. Are you racist? Yeah, I have it in me. Really? And I have to work to be anti-racist every day because <laughs> there are people I never met. Like, I never met um, a South Asian person until I went to college, and then I met a lot of them. I even did my honors thesis on, on Asian Indian people which helped me really get to know that culture. But before that, I had racist ideas about South Asians because I didn't have them in books. I didn't have them on TV shows. I didn't go to school with them. So this idea of like, if we start to think of racism as a continuum, then we can have much more productive conversations. That's amazing. Uh, in your bio, it says that you were influenced by Black feminist ideology and Black liberation theology. So before you were influenced by that, were you normal in your what in thinking and things like that? Before you were influenced by those black feminist um, ideology and liberate, were you a normal thinking person? What do you define as normal? Like you is that, didn't, is, you that didn't, is that white centered? No, meaning that you didn't have the influence of all this racist stuff, and you didn't think like a feminist or liberation. Did you think? 
differently? Oh, but, but what do you define as normal? Because I would say most normal stuff is white centered, like a Eurocentric model. I don't understand that. So uh, a lot of the authors that I was exposed to in college and maybe even in graduate school were white authors, right? If we And so thinking about like, I read lots of stuff by Shakespeare and never read anything by James Baldwin before in, in school, right. right? So this idea of like a white author versus who were all the other authors I never got exposed to. Oh, until, I see. Right. So, so that's what I mean about white centered. That's so, what's considered normal. So, OK, so you're right. Before the feminist ideology and the liberation theology, were you thinking white normal? Did you have a white normal mindset at that time? I think so. Yeah. I and, think I, and do you prefer a white normal mindset or feminist ideology and liberation theology? Which would you prefer? Uh, I prefer um, things that decenter whiteness. So whether that is intersectional feminism, whether that is black liberation theology, whatever it might be, things that broaden my perspective to a lot of different ways of being in the world. Amazing. I and and maybe you do a little therapy treatment here on me. I don't I don't believe that racism exists. It, it has never existed. And I grew up on a plantation in Alabama and Jim Crow law existed at the time. And we worked the plantation. It was amazing. Mm. Um, I see that our battle is a spiritual battle. It's good versus evil. You have evil people. You have good people. And mm. it has nothing to do with color, male or female. Am I wrong? Uh, I mean, I can't tell you whether you're wrong. I, I don't believe the same things. Um, I, I think that um, there are too many people who are harmed by um, people in power having the ability to decide what's normal and what's not and what's good and what's evil. So, um, I, yeah, I wouldn't agree. I wouldn't agree with that. Racism doesn't exist. Are you a Christian? I would say I'm not. No. What are you? Um, I think I'm a spiritual person. I was raised Roman Catholic. Uh, I'm part of a Unitarian Universalist church. I'm working towards collective liberation. I believe in that there is a higher power, and uh, I'm not quite certain who that is. And, um, yeah, I think that there are, there's wisdom from a lot of different religious traditions. What does and, it mean uh, to be spiritual? You say you're spiritual. What is that exactly? And how does one become spiritual? Yeah, I mean, I think spiritual is I believe in the sacred. I believe that um, that we should take good care of each other. I think that we need to have practices that lift us up and that nourish us. And I believe that we need to take care of each other. I believe that um, that we need to care for our relationships, for our planet, that we need to take time to meditate, um, that I think that to go to a religious temple or church uh, can be really meaningful. And I think that people should have a way to discover what works best for them. So um, when people say, like, I, I was Roman Catholic for a really long time, and that was really served me for a really long time. And I also don't believe in dogma that says that some people are evil um, or that some people are less worthy than other people. I think um, 
that that's harmful. And so um, I work with people to embrace their spiritual side or their religious side or their atheist side. And um, yeah. Do you love white people? I love everybody. How about white people? Do you love white people? Yeah, they're part of everybody. Do you love white people? Yeah, I don't see why I wouldn't. I noticed that Christianity is the only religion that teaches love and no other, and, and, and Christianity tells us we must be born again. We must change from evil to good. Mm. And no other religion is like that. They don't teach you to love. They don't say you must be born again from evil to good. Mm. And so to me, that makes Christianity the greatest religion on this side mm. of heaven. Do, mm. do you agree with me on that? No. Why not? Uh, I don't feel like I know enough about other religions. I would imagine that most religions are about love. They just have a different way. But I imagine some religions believe that you start out evil and are transformed. Others believe that you're neutral and then you make choices. Um, so, yeah, I, mean, I think the world is so vast. And um, there must be a way that we can, across faith traditions, so, um, love each other. So you don't believe that, do you believe there are evil people? I think that there are people who do evil things. But wouldn't they have to be evil in order to do evil things? No, I don't think so. I think that, I don't think that captures it for me. I think that there are ways that people are wounded. I think that there are ways that people are traumatized. I think that there are ways that people have been taught to hate other people. Um, I think that there are things people do to survive for trauma reasons. And so, um, yeah, I don't, I, evil is a rarely used word in my, in my, my world. But how can a person do evil if, they, if their nature is not of evil? Because you're either of evil nature or, or good nature. How can you be of good and do evil? Well, I mean, I think if we think about, our brain, right, and our nervous system, that we have um, a part of our brain that's the lizard brain that gets activated when we are stressed, when we're in a novel situation, when we think our life is in danger. And there are things we may do in that moment that isn't all of who we are. And so I don't think that they should be judged forever um, for a thing that they did in a, a moment of time. If that is repeatedly happening, like so it becomes habitual, um, then I think that that becomes more their, like who they are. Um, and, but I also believe in kind of abolitionism, which is this idea of like, how do we help people who make these kinds of mistakes, who harm people in these significant ways, who take a life, who sexually assault people, how do we help hold them accountable and have a path to redemption. So that guy that was accused of shooting those black people in Buffalo, I believe, mm -hmm. he was not evil. You wouldn't classify him as being evil? No, I feel like that's too simplistic. Like that that, that guy was um, brainwashed. He was believed that he was, he had mental health issues. Something was happening in him that needed, that needs to be healed. Right. That's what I believe. Right. Is that I don't know enough about him or his story. Right. And I think to say it's evil doesn't uh, capture that it was deliberate and he was thinking about it over time. He made choices. The um, um, I wanted to ask, and because I know you've done so much work in this stuff, mm 
there have been so much over the last 70 to 60 years, give or take, there's been so much talk about racism and how white people are hurting the blacks and the blacks can't make it. Since the white people have given up so much and they don't are, even fight back. They? They, don't even, they? they don't even fight back as when you accuse them of being racist. Really? And, 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 I, I, that hasn't been my experience. And they've given the blacks everything they wanted, starting with the so-called civil rights movement, which was a big mistake, by the way. It should have never happened. But they're giving them their cafes. They're allowing them into their neighborhoods, their schools, their government. Uh, they have affirmative action now, reparations. They don't have to, blacks don't have to earn anything. They just get it. We just had a judge, a black woman that was appointed to the Supreme Court without being qualified, except that she was a black liberal. Uh, why are the blacks getting worse rather than getting better since white people have given up everything, including their country? Why, uh, why don't we see the blacks getting better? What do you mean? Like in in what arena? In They're what still way? begging and blaming and accusing and saying that white people are holding their back rather than saying, you know what? Thank God I got it. I made it. I'm fine now. At what point will they stop blaming white people and, and be a, a good example of mm-hmm. whatever a good example is? Yeah. I mean, I guess it feels like over, it seems oversimplified to me that I think that there are plenty of black people who uh, don't believe in anti-racism work. It sounds like you're included. Uh, so this seems like there's lots of black people who don't believe in anti-racism work and um, and who thinks, who believe that things are much better than they used to be. And in many ways they are, right? And And I think that there are other people who believe that there are structural things, systemic things that need to be targeted. I, I think it's less about white people and more about systems and structures. So the war on drugs and mass incarceration, like there's got to be a better way than in, than imprisoning people uh, and dehumanizing them in that way. Uh, I, I think agree that, that I think I think that um, there needs to be more police accountability, um, and there needs to be transformation related to that. I think that well, we can we cannot continue to have black women dying at the highest rates. Uh, in pregnancy-related death, and we cannot continue to have Black infant mortality being so high. Like, these are systemic, structural things that need to change. That's what I focus on. Uh, I'm not blaming white people. I'm saying things need to change. Policies need to change. We need to care about these people who are dying. We need to look at how Black, uh, trans, and non-binary individuals experience such high violence and death. That's problematic. So if we start to look at everything else is like distraction, right? Um, I think if we really look at anti-racism work, they're not blaming white people, but white people might feel blamed because they feel shame and guilt. But they right? always blame the white people. They always say it's the it's racism. It's the white man's fault. They they always but, blame. But I don't. But they do. So, Most black people and that's not actually what I've experienced. That's not what I've experienced. Amazing. Um, I agree with you. There has to be a better way for in, in uh, incarceration. And the better way is for the black people to stop committing the crime, right? Because if they didn't commit the crime, they wouldn't have to do the time. Right. And I think that that is, you know, um, Imbram Kendi talks about how there are three ways we describe racial disparities. Either we think that there are biological differences, right, that white people are just better, uh, smarter, all that. 
there's behavioral differences, which is what you're talking about, is that they should just behave differently. Don't do the crime. You won't do the time. Right. And then and then there's kind of anti-racism, which says there are structural things that exaggerate the behavioral things. So data says that white people and black people commit the same, same percentage of crimes. But right? it's not true, though. But that's what the data says. But the data that, lie. Oh, so then what's lying and what's truth if you can't trust data? Right. And so just like there's like just that uh, black people don't use more substances than white people do. And yet there's harsher um, consequences for black and brown bodies. So this idea of like we can tell ourselves a story that says it's all about behavior. Right. And good and bad. Or we can say, well, maybe it's more complicated than that. Um. You have a, a 10 step video on your page there. And the 10 step uh, is to becoming a better white ally. Uh -huh. What is a better white ally? And give me three examples of becoming a better white ally. I watched the whole video, very interesting, by the way. Uh -huh. uh, explain to the people what is the 10 step to becoming a better white ally. Uh, so that's actually an older video. So what I would say is that um, there's a difference between being an ally and an accomplice. So I just want to say that. So an ally is someone who um, wants to work towards, let's say, anti-racism. And so they're going to take the lead of uh, people who are closest to the problem to figure out, like, how do I show up in spaces? Who do I vote for? What policies? do I support? How can I make this world less racist? Um, how can I make these systems less racist? And a comp But the thing about an ally is that um, you're sometimes an ally, sometimes not. Versus an accomplice says, I really value anti-racism. And in my daily life, I'm going to do things that are going to support anti-racism. So some things that people can do to become allies or accomplices is one, is start to see how many things are white-centered, right? Looking, look around your spaces and see, right, how highly segregated the United States is and how it came to be that way, right? Learn the history of redlining, of segregation, of what happened after Brown versus Board of Education was passed. Looking at how in 1988 was probably the most racially integrated neighborhoods were and it's been steadily declining since then. And what does that do to education, which is a huge gap, right? How does not being able to own home or own a home or property, how does that in, in, impact generational wealth? So um, the other thing I would say about um, being an ally is being able to examine what does it mean to be a racial being? Because often Black people or Hispanic people or Asian Americans are seen as racial beings, but white people aren't seen as racial beings because they're the norm. So how do I start to see who I am as a white person? What does that mean? And what's white culture? Because that is a culture. What a mess. Oh, it's fascinating. It's very fascinating. Um, um, growing up in Alabama, black people at the time didn't blame. They knew that it was a good versus evil. And they didn't blame. They worked hard. They had family. And uh, they taught the white people did too at that time to treat others the way you would like to be treated. And so as a, as a result of that, black people were very independent. They have family and all that. 
And they knew how to build, they bought land, they had homes, they were professionals, quote unquote. But black people today have lost that. They are now mm. whiners and beggars and blamers. Mm. Even the men are as bad as the women. What happened to them that they lost that natural ability, ability given to them by God, where they now are victims in every area of life? What happened to them? Um, but I don't believe that. You don't believe so I what? I don't. I don't buy into what you just said. That um, that they're blamers and not working hard. Um, but when they I cry think, racism, isn't that blaming? Uh, can you give me an example, a context? Well, I mean, I, t- I tend to believe people when when they say that they've experienced racism and they're in a black or brown or Asian body. But blacks, I mean, whites are, are quote unquote, even though I don't believe racism exists, but white people are experiencing more. So what do you, how do you, how do you explain what happened are. to George Floyd? How do you explain what happened to George Floyd? Oh, Aubrey, George Floyd was an un- he was an unemployed drug addict with a criminal record, so he brought that up on himself. Oh, so he decided he de- he deserved to die in public at the knee of a police officer. He des- he decided when he resisted arrest that he was ready to die. That mm-hmm. was his decision. Gotcha. Because had so, he not resisted arrest, unless he got into some other type of trouble, he would probably be alive today. Hmm. Wow. Yeah, we come from very different worlds. One one thing about the world, thank you for bringing that up. If the people of color believe that white people are so bad, why do they move into the white man's world? They don't have to live in America. They don't have to live in the Western world, right? Why don't they go? Excuse me. Why don't they go live in Allahu Abba world or Africa or somewhere where they can Mexico or where they can agree with why come into the enemy's world and try to so, change the enemy rather than building your own world and doing your own thing. Well, I mean, if we think about the history of the United States, black people and Hispanic people and Asian people have built a lot of wealth for the United States. So it's just as much their country as it is the white people's country. But they were paid to do it. The white world, the white what? man created. You're saying the enslaved were paid to do that work? For Absolutely. Years? How so? They were housed. They were fed. They, uh, uh, some of them was even given money. They were taken mm-hmm. care of. It's not like, mm-hmm. it's not like they left them out in the woods somewhere. Okay, y'all come on over here and work. They housed them. It's, there were slave masters, both black and white, who were kind to their slaves. So what do you say about the millions of women who were raped? Well, I don't know if that number is true, because I noticed that the people who hate white people, they tend to distort history in order to meet their own need. You know, so this how anxi- do you explain this desire for all, power all, and love. The, all, the, all the children that were came from those women who were enslaved and assaulted by their masters. Well, then they were not enslaved and assaulted by them. They had babies with the man because they have, just like you, you're married to a white man. You're not enslaved, right? But I chose to be in relationship with him. And so there's those women, they want to be with a white man. Okay. So here's the misogynoir right, which is this hatred towards black women, right? This idea, I mean, part of assault is about power. Right. There is no way that those two are coming into a relationship on equal footing. 
when one person owns another person and they are their property. And the law even says, you as the master can do whatever you want to your property. But when you... So those were the black codes. Those were the laws. But it wasn't as extreme as the blacks really? and others are pretending that it was. If you, if you look at history, you could see how many children were enslaved. And but, we start to look at the lighter the days, skin. Though. If children were enslaved, were the children are still being enslaved today by Mexico people, the Mexican cartels and things like that. No one seemed to care about that. They're enslaved in the body of the woman because if the woman decides she doesn't want that baby to come out, she'll kill it in the womb. Isn't that enslavement? And that's worse than slavery, by the way, to kill a baby in the womb. I know you agree with that, right, being spiritual. Um, I th- think I believe in a woman's right to choose. So to kill happens. a child is not worse than slavery? Uh, you're talking about ending a fetus? To kill a child inside the womb, is that so, worse, worse than slavery itself? I think we're talking about apples and oranges. I, I think I don't even I don't even know what to say at this point because we have such a different lens of history. But to, but the child is in the womb, so the child is subject to the master, right? The mother. I, I don't believe it's a child when it's a couple of weeks. But it's still subject to the mother, right? Whatever you call it. Yeah, it's the mother's and, body. And so the mother is the master over the child in the womb. The fetus, yes. And so the, the master decides, I don't want this, this child. I don't want this fetus. Let me kill it. Is that, isn't that worse than slavery? I don't think they're the same. Why not? Because chattel slavery was done to millions of Africans over hundreds of years, and it was designed to build wealth for white people. Well, I agree with you that um, when the blacks in Africa decided to sell other blacks to the Arabs, and then the Arabs sold the blacks across the world. That was not good. But, you know, the blacks were using the other blacks as money uh, by selling them. That was not good. But it's still, to kill a child in the womb is still, it's still worse than that because at least if you're alive, you have a chance to run away. But if you're in the womb subject to the slave master, the mother, then you have no choice for the mother to take you out. I want to ask you about, uh, and this might be part of why I'm not religious and I'm more spiritual, is these kinds of stories and narratives that um, get perpetuated, I think, are really harmful. In what way? So, what, what's wrong with telling the truth rather than making up stuff? But, I, but we're both saying that we have different beliefs, right? So who gets to decide who's true and who's not? Me. Mm-hmm. Each individual need to know for themselves, right? Yeah, but it sounds like uh, you're really interested in convincing people of something different. No, versus versus helping them uh, come to their own. No, I like belief. I like to put the truth out there and point them to the truth. But if mm-hmm. they don't get it, they don't want to accept it. I'm totally fine with that. We still can mm-hmm. have, we can go to the bar have have some wine. Mm-hmm. But let me ask: you work with LGBTQ people? As well. Am I right about that? Yes. 
What's wrong with them that they became LGBTQ? How did that happen to them? What's the cause of that? So, again, like, I don't see that there's anything wrong with being queer. But how did they become that way, though? I think they were born that way. You think God made them that way? Uh, Again, higher power, however we come into the world. um, I don't. I don't really believe in that people start out as bad or evil. Right. I don't either. They're born into really? it. Right. They're born thought, into it. Yeah, so I don't buy that. I you, don't buy that. You believe in God, right? I believe that. I don't know what. what it, I believe that there's something greater than myself. I cannot tell you what that is because I'm interested in a lot of different religions. And I can't say that Christianity is better than the other religions. So, but you do believe in God. You may. Do you, do you, I, I know, know. it's not like you call him something else, but it's still God, right? I don't know because, oh. you know, in Hindu tradition, there are gods and goddesses, there are multiple deities. So, I don't know. There's Buddhism. I mean, I think, I don't know. Do you believe in the devil? No. Oh, you don't believe, you don't believe the devil exists? I, I, I feel like, no. Amazing. So. Well, so do you believe there's a heaven and a hell? No. Um, why are the LG, since you can't tell me how they became that way, why are they so conflicted? Well, I said that they were born that way. Oh, okay. Why are they so conflicted? They have a lot of conflict. They overeat, they're drug addicts, they're fat, they're complaining. Where did you learn this? And they're blaming. Why are they so conflicted? conflicted if God created them that way, I would think they would be at peace. Well, they're living in a world that has people who believe what you believe, right? So if we think about what are the norms, right, is there's a lot of different stratifications. There are a lot of hierarchies, right, where heterosexuality is better than being gay, Right. That, that's one of the norms in our society. And that's problematic. That's, that's oppression there. Right. There's homophobia. There's transphobia. So this idea of, yeah, if you live in a society or if you're born into a religion that says you're evil or there's something wrong with you or you're broken in some way, that impacts your mental health being. And that might make you conflicted if you don't have people around you saying, I accept you as exactly as you are that you are wonderful, that I love you, that there's nothing wrong with you. If you get messages over and over and over again that are about hate, then yeah, you know, you might not be conflicted about your sexuality or your gender, but it might be hard to show up in the world as your full self with people always trying to change you. So I agree with you because I noticed that in America today, most people hate Christianity today. The LGBTQ people, the blacks and others, they hate Christianity. And so I do agree with you that they have to be mentally ill to hate Christians. Uh, I know a lot of queer people who are Christian. So, um, But for those who do hate Christianity, I agree with you that they are mentally ill. I the people who I have met who do not like Christianity is those who have been traumatized or rejected by Christianity. Amazing. Do you believe So perhaps so perhaps there are too many Christians who are pushing away people. Yeah, because I noticed that evil hate love and so Christianity is about love 
And these LGBT people are not about love. And yet a lot of what you're saying isn't about love. What do you mean? About these LGBTQ people, right? Like And the blacks. Right. And the blacks, right? Like that's all really dehumanizing. Like there are a lot of different black people. Like, look here. I'm assuming you're black, right? And so I'm as black as the ace of space. Right. And so and yet we are two very different black people. Right. So this idea of blacks, it's too broad. There are a lot, a lot, a lot of different kinds of black people. And anti-racism supports that there are a lot of different black people. Well, we're not a monolith. I and, and you're right. I know there are some, not all, not all. There are some blacks who are not into the racism thing. Most are because they're losers, but most there I th- are some. I think I think there are a decent amount of black people who are neutral. They don't want to make any waves. They just want to live their life, make their money, have a peaceful life, because they don't believe that things are really going to change. So you're so not able not to tell to me. Involved in that. You're not able to tell me why the LGBT people are so depressed and angry and complaining and drug addicts and alcoholics and stuff like that. And they have sex with everybody and their mama. I I think I answered your question, but I don't think you liked my answer. Oh, okay. Um, Do you believe white supremacy exists? Absolutely. As a system, as a culture. Define white supremacy for me. Uh, I think I've actually done it most of our time together, which is, that the white body is seen as the standard, as the norm, as superior, and all other bodies of color are seen as less than and inferior. I'm surprised that black people believe that white people are superior to them because white people don't it's believe not, that it's, about it's not themselves. A, it's it's you, not about believing it. It's about the system is in place. Uh, white people don't believe that they're superior to blacks. It's the blacks who believe white people are superior to them. They always, oh, they I always cry about how superior I white th- people think, are. And I think it's both. And they're asking white people to lower their standard for them because they're incapable to come up no, to the standard. I don't actually think that's true either. I'm sure that there's some, but I don't think that's the majority. How will white I, people... I think, I think that most black people are working really hard to make it in this world. Ah, no. in, a, in, a, in a world no. that in a world that doesn't believe they're trying hard enough, in a world that believes that they're whining, in a world that doesn't believe racism, in a world that's filled of anti-blackness, where they're being traumatized by watching videos of George Floyd and Armand Arbery and but those, Taylor. Are, those are criminals. Those right? should not be the example. Ahmad Arbery was jogging. I don't know who criminal. that is, but but those are those He black... was killed while jogging. Jogging while black. Uh, Brianna Taylor sense. was sleeping in her bed. I don't know who those people are, but I know that yeah. they had issues. Uh-huh. How will black Americans know when social and racial justice have been achieved? Um, I mean, I guess I I don't believe it will be achieved in our lifetime. Whoa. Uh, so the blacks but, are never going to be happy? What the? But, but can there be progress? Yes. I think there could be some structural changes like police accountability, like uh, desegregating our schools or reallocating resources so that all schools have the same amount of funds, regardless of class. So doctor, kind of you're actually have, tra- everybody have access to health care, that we have a lower um, rate of black death. So doctor, pregnancy. you're telling me that the blacks are going to be feeling less than the whites for the rest of their lives? 
I don't believe that I'm less than than white people. But most blacks do. You married to them. I know you don't feel that way. But I, I I think I think that these generalizations don't move the conversation along. I think we need to focus on policy changes. Doesn't what's matter more, what we believe. What's more important for anyone, and, and especially black, to have a mm-hmm. father and mother in the home raising them, or have a, a white supremacy disappear? Um, I think that we need equal access to resources for all individuals. Which is most think, important, though, to have two parents in the home raising them or have white supremacy disappear? Um, I don't know if I can answer this question because, one, it was very heteronormative because you said very a what? heteronormative, like straight. You, you talked about a mom and a dad not leaving room for same-sex couples or single parents. Uh, I think it takes a village to raise kids. No, it takes a father and a mother. Anything other than that is not a family. A father, a mother that are married with children is a family. Everything else is a false invitation of a family. Yeah, yeah, I don't don't buy into that. Oh, you don't? No. Can you tell me which is best, though, to have a father and a mother or to have white people disappear? I think that it takes a village. So... I think we need healthy parents or parents. I think that we need a healthy school system. I think we need people to be able to get educated. I think we need people to be able to have jobs. I think we need extended family because I think there's a lot of stressors around being a parent. So, Dawson, I think it's time to, because of time, I think it's time to heat up this interview. I got to throw you on the hot seat and I need you. I I feel like that's been the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) I need you. I need you to answer these questions as quickly as possible for me, all right? Okay. All right. The Hot Seat. Is CP time, color people time, real? Um, I think it happens. Do you love the patriarchy? No. Do you love it when men lead? Depends. Do you obey your husband? Rarely. Uh, uh, do you love the great white hope? I don't know what that is. Well, I must introduce you. ISIS has spread like cancer. Another mess I inherited. <laughs> Donald Trump, the great white hope. Do you love him? I don't know him, but from what I've seen, no. Do you support the Second Amendment? Um, I think if it is used uh, in a way that supports collective liberation. Do you support the uh, First Amendment? If it supports collective liberation. Should America... Not excuses white body supremacy. Should America shut down the borders and stop all these illegal aliens, including terrorists, from coming in? I think uh, things are much deeper than that, and that is a story we've been told. Should we close the borders and stop uh, illegal aliens from coming across? Uh, I don't use the, those phrases. I mean, if we're talking about undocumented people, I think that we should have a very clear policy of how immigration happens. Do you prefer alpha males or beta males? Uh, I don't know the difference. The, the beta males are weak. Alpha males are strong. Yeah, uh, I feel like my gender stuff is fluid. I think people should be healthy. 
when you say your gender stuff is fluid, I mean, you run it all the time. Like meaning, water. meaning there's more than two genders and oh. there's different ways of gender expression. Is the earth flat? No. In one word, describe Camilla Harris. Vice president. Russia or Ukraine? Ukraine. When you hire a person with a black name, if they were met the needs that I needed, would you hire them if they had an afro or bro? If they met the needs I needed. <laughs> uh, are you in favor of open? Oh, I asked you that already. Are you in favor of open borders? Uh, I feel like we just need to be clear about our policies. Do you support communism? Um, as compared to what? Non-communism. Capitalism. I think there's got to be better ways for us to do things. So do you prefer communism or capitalism? I think there's, there's probably a mixture of both. Amazing. Did you have fun? Oh, stressful. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I got I to gotta get out of my bubble. <laughs> well, thank you for coming on and taking the hot seat and being a guest here today. Yeah. Tell the folks how they get to, uh, how to find your organization and, and do yeah. what you Sure. If you want to continue conversations like these and learn more about anti-racism, check out my website, drnatedmond.com, and you'll learn all about my upcoming workshops and membership community and read some of my blogs, watch some of my videos. I saw you giving a yoga class. You a yoga instructor? Uh, I am. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. My body, to, spirit. I used to do take yoga all the time with uh, 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 a guru yoga, Baron Baptiste, right? And I mm. like yoga. It really works your body from inside out, and I like yeah, that about it. absolutely. Thank you so much for coming Thank on. Thank you I so appreciate much. It. Absolutely. Yeah, take care. All right. And thank you folks for tuning in. I absolutely appreciate it. Don't forget to ring the bell, uh, subscribe, check out our merch and our store there, and subscribe. check out Subscribe Star by clicking the link in the video description to support the show. Let us hear from you, and thank you for recommending guests. We like that. Take care, folks. I appreciate it. Yeah.